Welcome back to episode 161 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and some general Premier League chat ahead of game week 26. Now, game week 25 proper has concluded now. We've still got a couple more games to go. We have got City against Brentford playing later today and tomorrow Liverpool against Luton. From the sounds of things, I think we're going to see quite a lot of rotation for Liverpool there and I don't blame them given the injuries and the looming cup final. Over the weekend, though, results went largely as expected. A good result for Wolves getting a win away at Spurs. And um, you have to give credit to Chelsea as well for holding Manchester City to a point on Saturday night. On Sunday, we saw one of the worst challenges in years from Mason Holgate with a very deserved red card for his assault on Matoma. And if there was some way for him to get longer than just the standard ban, then I think that would be most welcome. Now, I'm recording this episode on Tuesday, the 20th of February. So any team news, injury development info or press conference info are up to date as of then and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include pretty much all of the Wolves defence, some Forest attackers again, plus many more so let's get straight into it. So as always let's kick things off with Waiver Watch, the main players coming in and out of your draft teams last week. The players coming in were Muniz who uh, we've mentioned on the pod couple of times already now and going to make it a hat trick this week too. Maguire, Bradley, Reguillon and Leandro Trossard. They were the players coming in. The players coming out were Callum Wilson, Vardiol, Cunha, Foster and Saboslai. So pretty much all of those injured players making way. Now in terms of the fixtures, obviously this week is dominated by the blanks. We've been mentioning and prepping them for a few weeks now. Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs and Luton all blanking because Liverpool and Chelsea will be playing the League Cup final. So this week, many of you will have to decide between fielding a complete 11 of starting players that have a fixture or potentially going short this week for the sake of holding a player or multiple players that you'd rather have down the stretch. Now, it's very difficult to try and encompass all of the ins and outs and potential dilemmas that will be affecting your draft teams. Definitely easier decisions probably to make in head-to-head leagues because you can weigh up the sort of the matchup you've got this week. So if you have got, you know, if you predict your your opponent's going to have not many starters either, then you could just look to match them, sit tight, hold some of your your long-term keepers, and you know maybe go with nine or ten players with a fixture. On the other hand, if it's a really bad matchup and your opponent has got lots of very good options, lots of Arsenal players, Manchester City players, then you could just concede the three points and plot for the coming game weeks. So there are so, as I said, there are so many ways really, and it will all be very individualised to your team and league. But on the whole, I think if there is a way for you to get a starting 11, that would be preferable because I think lots of uh, particularly head-to-head matchups will come down to very, very close calls this week, maybe just one or two points in it. In terms of the fixtures that are being played this week, Villa have a nice home game against Forest and do follow that up with an away trip to Luton. So you could look at them as a little two-week punt. 
Brighton have Everton at home and then follow that up to, to go away to Fulham. So again, a nice little duo there. Bournemouth, I'm really hot on at the moment. They have Manchester City at home this week. So quite a few will be put off by that fixture. But they follow that up, and I mentioned this last week too, they follow that up with an away trip to Burnley and then just the dream double game week of Sheffield United and Luton both at home. And then Wolves away, Everton home, Palace home, Luton away up until game week 32 before a bit of a trickier run in the last five or six game weeks where who cares, we, we will have dropped them by then. So yeah, I'm going to go through some of their players in a bit more detail in a second. I did the same last week too, but I really do want to hammer, the, hammer home the point that even though it's a really poor fixture this week, just having a starter that gets one or two points could still make the difference in a very tight head-to-head matchup. So we'll come on to those in just a moment. Wolves are the other very attractive team this week. And looking ahead over the next month or so, I expect lots of their players to be hot on the wavered in list come the weekend. They have a lovely home game against Sheffield United this week. Slightly tricky trip to St. James's Park after, but then two home games against Fulham and Bournemouth. Now, if this week you were able to stream in a Bournemouth and a Wolves defender, you could play your Wolves defender this week, bench your Bournemouth defender against City if you've got that luxury, then switch them next week when Wolves go to Newcastle. So, you know, and then play the pair of them in game 28 for a nice little mini rotating pair for the next three or four weeks, similar to the kind of things we look at at the beginning of the season when we're looking at maybe who you're drafting in for your fourth and fifth defenders based on how their fixtures rotate. I think I certainly take my eye off the ball in terms of those little pairings of of fixture rotations, particularly for defenders. It's quite easy to just get quite honed in on a single team or a single defender in the fixtures that they have. But I think that, yeah, if you could get a Bournemouth and a Wolves defender this week, would would really set you up nicely for the next month. Now, last week I had a little injury section. Really, there's only one to cover this week, and that's Diego Jota, who we're waiting for for clarity at the moment. But he's got a knee injury and is set to miss many months by the sounds of it. So, unfortunately for those that have him, it sounds like he would be a drop. Now, into the main picks. Always love a goalkeeper's mention and. Now, with Palace, not sure how much sway that the new manager Glasner had in the starting lineup yesterday in their game against Everton. Not that he had that many options to choose from anyway, but in goal, he did have a couple of options. Obviously, we've seen Dean Henderson playing the last couple of months, but yesterday it was Sam Johnston back between the sticks. So that's just one to keep an eye on. I think if he plays again at the weekend, then I would imagine he's the number one heading into the end of the season. So, I know there's been a little bit of goalkeeper merry-go-round in the last month or so, and he could be an option for for any of you that are struggling. Into defence, the Wolves defence, as I mentioned a second ago, with that home game to Sheffield United, are going to be really popular this week. And thankfully, because of the way they set up, that means we have we've got five decent options. So now look, they've hardly been clean sheet merchants this season. 25 games so far, they've only managed four. But yeah, I think given the way this week's shaping up, far too good to turn down. Of the main options, I think if I had free choice out of all, all five of their regular defensive starters, I Nori would be the one I would I would opt for. He seems to have the slightly better underlying numbers in terms of potential attacking threat, followed by the two main centre-backs in Kilman and Dawson with Totti Gomez and Semedo then lagging 
slightly further behind. Now, Kilman's ownership in 10-team leagues is well up to 55%. Dawson's is a lot a lot lower at 25%, whereas the rest, Samedo, 16 Gomez, 6%, and 8 Nori, just 6% too. So in I'm pretty much guarantee any of you listening, one of those guys will be free in your waivers. And depending on how competitive your waivers are and what sort of priorities some of your other managers might be looking at, really wouldn't hurt to bring two of these guys in if you could. But I would expect, you know, if you're in a relatively engaged league, that quite a few managers, particularly near the bottom, will have some of these moves penciled in already. But really, if you were just looking at it for this week in isolation, I'd be happy with any of them just for the chance of six points with the clean sheet. Now, Bournemouth in general, as I said, I won't go through the fixtures again, but very attractive. And I think certainly not too soon to build towards that glorious double game week in in game 28. Their main two guys in terms of of, of ownership are, are Neto in goal and Slanky up front. So unless you're in a tiny league of three or four managers, and even in those, I'd be surprised if they're available, you're not going to get those guys unless you make a trade. So of the of the rest, in defence, there are definitely going to be some defenders free. Now, Senesi is up to 54% ownership, so he may not be available. And I know I picked him up in one or two of my draft leagues last week, plotting forwards. But I think he still would remain the best choice if you had free option of all of their defence. Senesi is head and shoulders above the other, the other three. Zabani would be my next choice. His ownership is in hidden gem territory, just 8% in 10-team leagues. Now, you're not, you're not getting him in for any dynamite or heroics. It's more just you know he's going to play 90 minutes and he would probably play the full 180 minutes in their double game week. Currently, Smith and Kelly seem to be the other two in the back four. We've seen Kirkes a little bit this season, but we can, we can see how things shape up over the next week or two. But Senesi and Zabani, definitely the safe ones there. Up top, you're then looking at the the supporting cast to Solanke. So the central sitting midfielders don't interest me at all. The main two options really on your list are going to be Marcus Tavernier and uh, Antoine Semenyo. Now Semenyo, because he's a striker, his ownership is far higher. It's 41% in 10-team leagues. And that's really just a statement of how tight the striker market is rather than his, his actual value as a player. Though I do rate him and he took a lovely goal, really... Really nice, clean finish in their draw against Newcastle at the weekend. His non-penalty expected goal involvement per 90 is 0.43, but he does rarely play a full 90. So it still means if he was to start the two games in the double, he would probably just about be odds on to get a return. So yeah, more than more than worth picking up. Tavernier, his, his similar, same stat, non-penalty expected goal involvement per 90 is 0.5. Again, he doesn't always play a full 90 minutes, but what that says to you is if he were to play two games of full 90 minutes, you would expect him to get at least one return. So very nice underlying numbers there. His ownership in 10 team leagues is 18%, so free in the vast majority. If you go to slightly larger leagues, his ownership is well down in hidden gem territory. And as I said, I would seriously consider penciling in some of these guys as your first waiver pick this week you know they're fairly likely to start it may only be one or two points this week but the gains you can get in making that investment now I think will be well worth the the effort another defender just to mention and again is mentioned on on a few of the recent pods is Kiwi off Arsenal 
his ownership in 10 team leagues remains fairly low at 14%. Now we've the situation with Tommy Asu and Zinchenko isn't totally clear, but he's performed very well in the last few games that he's come in. Grabbed a couple of assists in that time. I do expect his ownership to jump up a bit this week. And there's a chance, given how well they're playing, that even if Tommy Asu and Zinchenko are fit, that, that Arteta carries on playing him there for a little while. Then we get into the midfield pick. So I don't need to talk about Marcus Tavernier again. We just covered him. I will briefly mention again the trio of Forest attackers that we covered last week too. Elanga, Gibbs-White and Hudson-Odoi. Some success there for, for Elanga and Hudson-Odoi in the last game. Their ownership, Elanga's 71%, Gibbs-White 69%, but Hudson-Odoi just 13%. And again, if you go to slightly slightly smaller leagues, he is in hidden gem territory and would be a very nice pickup for this week. Forest this weekend have have that home game, sorry, have that uh, away trip to Villa. So, you know, they've got a fixture and one that you could be looking at slightly longer term. They do have Luton in, in a few games time, Crystal Palace, Fulham. So if you were looking to hold for slightly longer, not the worst, but there are probably some slightly better options if you were purely looking at this week for a one-week punt. Longstaff is worth mentioning very briefly. He's not one that really grabs me or enthralls me for 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 draft, not least because Newcastle have, is it an away trip? Yeah, they're having a away trip to Arsenal this weekend. So you really would just be getting them in at the moment for the sake of a fixture. And the fixtures moving forwards aren't amazing. But if you look at recent form and ownership, I expect many of you will will glance at him and consider penciling him in for, for a waiver this week. Someone slightly more glitzy is Dingra for Brighton. His ownership just 17%, dropped massively. Obviously, he's had a little bit of time away. Two goals against Sheffield United, I think, will instantly make him a very popular pickup this week. The only thing that puts me off slightly is if you look at his form so far this season, it's very patchy. If he gets an attacking return, it usually takes him four or five games before he gets another one. He might be someone you put a little bit more longer term stock into, which is fair enough. But do just remember, it's very easy to, to score a couple of goals and look impressive against this Sheffield United side. The other midfielder to make up the supporting cast of very mediocre options this week is Jordan Ayew. Ownership just 15%, a, re- a relatively nice fixture for Palace at home to Burnley. I guess we could expect a bit of a new manager bounce. Say, is Burnley at home who haven't looked very good at all recently? I promise I had him on the list before he scored against Everton yesterday. And, and given the injuries they've got, you're, you're, you know, unless he gets injured in training or something this week, virtually guaranteed to start. So again, looking at a minimum two points which which could be the difference this week in attack again we have to highlight Muniz for Fulham now his ownership absolutely surged last week from about 10% up to 47% which you know when you follow these stats like I do most weeks that is a very big a very big mover so that's about as high as swing you can get in a single game week mid-season and that was back to, you know, he backed it up, rewarded draft managers with another goal and another really, really nice poacher's finish. The more I see of him, the more I'm really impressed. Get him in your draft teams. And Daniel Levy, I know you you, you do listen to the pod now and again, get him in that Spurs squad in the summer. I think he could really fit in well there as, as just a pure out and out finisher and, and hold up player. United away this week, 
you know, they're a bit all over the place in terms of defensive personnel. So don't be put off by that. If you've got the opportunity to grab him, he, he has to be in someone's team. He can't be sat in the waiver pole. And then back to Palace, Mateta, his, his ownership's fairly decent at 55%, but there's, there's enough, enough availability there. Interestingly, his ownership remains lower than Eduard's, despite very much being the main man in recent months. Now, obviously, we do have to sort of hit the reset button a little bit in terms of who's likely to start moving forward, but I think we can still expect him to play over Eduard, or at the very least with Eduard, like we saw yesterday. He got uh, another assist on Monday night for Ayu's goal against Everton. And again, I promise you I had him on the list before he got that assist. Into hidden gems. So these are all players with generally less than 10% ownership. The first one is Sarabia for Wolves, a player that's had a little a little stint in my own draft team this season. Current ownership is 8% in 10-team leagues. He was very lively in the game against Spurs. He did get an assist in that game. And he's sort of quietly mounting a relatively decent tally for the season obviously Huang and, and Neto are the main guys there but he's now on eight attacking returns he's got two goals and six assists so you could reasonably hold him for between four even seven game weeks depending on how how he goes or who else is available in your league but certainly one to to consider for this week then I've got a couple of Aston Villa midfielders obviously mentioned last time that Kamara is done for the season, which means the likes of McGinn and Douglas Louise are probably going to have to be the main main holding midfielders. So we saw both Tielemans and Ramsey start the last game, and both of them sat on 10% ownership. Tielemans does a great impression of a man running through treacle at times, but he's effective. And with, say, with those injuries, I think he should continue to get plenty of game time. The good thing with any Villa players that you grab this week is, you, you know, you can view it as a two-week pump with that trip to Luton next weekend too. Ramsey, I'm mentioning really more due to last season's performances and the fact that I think he will carry on getting a bit of game time. He's not really had that breakout game this season so far. I've sort of been waiting for it to happen. And I think if you were considering either of those, really, you would have to go Tielemans based on recent form. But yeah, I feel like any game now he's going to pop up with a sort of two goals, one assist type game. And if any of you manage to catch that bus when it comes, happy days. But I think I'm probably just going to sit back and watch and wait for now. So the most hidden gem pick this week. So for those that don't know, that's a player with less than 10% ownership in 16 team leagues. So we're really scraping the barrel here. Now, I almost went with a real knee-jerk FC pick here with Jao Gomez for Wolves. Obviously two goals against Spurs at the weekend for their win, having only scored one goal in his entire Wolves career before that point. You'll be pleased to hear he is not my most hidden gem pick this week because I owe you guys a bit more than that, especially in view of the Sambi Lokonga pick last week, although he does still have that game against Liverpool to to do something, but I am not going to hold my breath. No, so the most hidden gem pick this week is someone who I think in, in, a, in a game in which he starts has a chance of doing something most games, and that is Jacob Murphy for Newcastle. It is a bad fixture this week, your way to Arsenal. He saw a big drop in his ownership this week, down 19%. His ownership was pushing 30% last, last week, which is pretty cutthroat from you big league managers, but he did feature in the last game, came off the bench, 
And with the injuries, his pathway to the starting eleven is not too bad. And Almiron just hasn't really impressed at all this season. So I don't see him as much of a barrier. It looks like Newcastle are hopeful Isaac could could come in as a striker, but yeah, not many not many places to not many players to put in those places up in their front three at the moment. So, you know, if you look at his games this season, he hasn't yet even played the equivalent minutes of sort of four Premier League games, but does have a goal and four assists in that time. At one point, I think he was pretty high up in terms of per 90 underlying stats, but it's probably more of a, a sense of how few minutes he's played. I've currently got him penciled in my predicted starting 11 for Newcastle over Almiron. And yeah, I think for those in 16 team leagues, I'd say this isn't really one I'd be punting for. I'd prefer some of the other options we've already talked about if you're in a 8, 10, 12 person league. But for those in 16 team leagues, the likes of Jacob Murphy for a one week punt are very valuable. So that is it for this episode. A reminder that the waivers will be processed this week at the slightly unusual time of 1.30 lunchtime UK time on Friday the 23rd. That is because there is no early kickoff on Saturday. The game week will kick off with the usual three o'clock games on Saturday afternoon. So shouldn't really catch you out because if you get to 11 o'clock and think, oh crap, I haven't done my waivers, you'll, you'll be able to see that you've still got two and a half hours to go. Still though, like I always say, you're probably listening to this at some point on Wednesday or Thursday. So just right now, whilst you've got me talking in your ears, just open the app and pencil in some of the moves that you want to make because too often people are caught out and lose valuable points purely for forgetting to do their moves. Now, if you're watching this and you're new to the YouTube channel, then please give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment on any changes you want to see on the videos, any suggestions you want to make. We're obviously fairly new to this this medium, still feeling our way through. Hit the subscribe button so you keep up to date with any of the new episodes and new videos as they drop. For those listening, do the same, please. Uh, Always helpful to leave us a review if you find the podcast helpful and make sure you're following or subscribed on whichever platform you listen to. Likewise, for those watching, you'll probably hear from that that you can also listen. So make sure you're well signed up and subscribed on all platforms and mediums so that wherever you happen to find me or want to find me, you can do. Now, of course, for those that haven't, I would urge you to go and check out draftfc.co.uk, the best companion site for official FPL draft managers. We've got all sorts on there, which I talk about every week. And for those of you that haven't tried it before, you can sign up for a month free trial using the code draftsfcpod, which I will try and, and have flashing up across the bottom of the screen right now if you're watching. So that's Draft FC Pod, all one word, gives you a one month free trial. For those of you that aren't signed up, those of you that have no interest in signing up, then one thing I would lead you to is on the main main homepage site, you can get access to our predicted Premier League lineups. Even as I said, if you're not signed up, they're, they're publicly available and updated every week. Had reasonably good success with the lineups this weekend. Probably need to keep an eye on that moving forward. So there was definitely a bit of success bias there by looking at you know, how well the predictions were, which then made me mark my homework. But it's probably good to keep track of that moving forward so that come the end of the season, we can all judge how the predictions have been. But I know many of you find that helpful. I certainly find that helpful, which is why we started doing them when I'm doing my waiver prep. I want to know who's going to play first and foremost. If they're not going to play, there isn't much point 
really even considering them. Now, for those of you that are signed up and have access to the, the backside of the site, backside of the site, probably need a better way of describing it than that. For those of you who are signed up in the members area, the predicted lineups will completely will be linked to your draft league. So not only will you be able to see the lineups, all of the ownership stats will be available on there. Their expected points are available on there. And it will highlight which ones are available and which ones are not based on the data, the live data from your draft league. So it makes it even more easy for you to see who to consider. So that is it for this episode. Best of luck ahead of game 26. As I said at the beginning, there will be lots of quite specific individualized conundrums based on whether you should drop player X to bring in player Y who's got a fixture this week. And if you want to chat through any of those with me, I'm more than happy to. The easiest place to do that is on Twitter or X as it now is and give us a follow at draft underscore FC and give me a DM on there. I have also realized because I'm reasonably active on the Reddit the Reddit forum that quite a few of you have messaged me on there over the months and I wasn't getting notified. So I'm going to try and get back to you too. But yeah, so maybe don't use that as an outlet because I don't seem to check that often enough. But yeah, give me a shout on there if there's anything you want to chat through. I know lots of you do already and always happy to hear from a new voice and a new face. So best of luck and I hope you get everyone you want. And as always, stay sure.